Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everybody, as we break down again the big game. As part of Super Sunday, we're going to talk a bit more about the matchup between the Chiefs and 49ers, get into the the prop bets some more, as well as the final DFS picks of the football season. Uh, recording this on Saturday, so we'll be up ahead of the game on Sunday. So uh, let's get right down to it and start talking about the favorites and the Chiefs. So, how did we get here with the Chiefs? Obviously, uh, the Chiefs, this is their first trip to to the big game in uh, quite some time. Uh, It's been 50 years since uh, they've made it to the big game. And, you know, amongst the accolades has been the fact that although the Chiefs are 14-4, and this appearance essentially was uh, a bit of a fluke considering how slow this team gotten off uh, to a start. I mean, just a year earlier, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were the number one seed in the AFC, only to drop a heartbreaking loss uh, to the Pats uh, in the AFC title game in a game that they should have won. Let's be fair. Uh, D. Ford lining off offside and negating the interception of Tom Brady derailed that game, and they never recovered. So let's talk about some of the injuries that uh, caused some of the slow start uh, to the Chiefs this year. Uh, you lost; uh, they lost Tyree Kill in Week One due to a shoulder injury. Amidst all the other things that were going on with Tyree Kill. Uh, in the offseason, I mean, that's something that they've actually done a job of quietly sweeping under the rug in terms of the Chiefs in the NFL. I'm not going to dive into it because, frankly, we got too much other stuff to get into. But uh, if you're telling me that Tyreek Hill has a chance to be uh, the MVP of the game, I would say you bet the uh, the field on that one a thousand times. There is no way Tyreek Hill is getting MVP honors uh, the league will find a way not to give Tyreek Hill MVP honors. I'm giving away one of the prop bets, but uh, the, the the field against uh, Tyreek Hill is already minus a thousand, and honestly, it should be even minus ten thousand because of uh, everything else that's gone on with Tyreek Hill this year. Th- there's not a chance he wins NFL uh, MVP honors uh, for the game. I, it'd be, it would honestly be the the point of insanity uh, for that to happen. But uh, what are some of the other things that happened to the Chiefs? Uh, Sammy Watkins goes down with a hamstring injury in Week 5 against the Colts. Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy both missed games uh, from the running back position. Uh, in terms of the Chiefs starters, only Travis Kelsey, uh, their tight end, their center, Austin Reader, and right tackle Mitchell Schwartz started every game this year for the Chiefs. Uh also, when you factor in uh, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, uh, two of their best defensive linemen, uh, missed games during the year, uh, you know, 
the Chiefs didn't start becoming a healthy squad until November this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, after losing to Tennessee in Week 10, they were 6-4 and four and needed a lot of help to run the table to get here. Again, the Pats dropping a game at home against the Dolphins in Week 17, as called by Kevin Harlan, who was calling <laughs> the Chiefs game. Uh, I would play the YouTube clip of that, but the FCC has made sure to strike down all record of uh, Kevin Harlan uh, calling both games. Uh, but uh, for those of you uh, going out of your way to find it, look up Kevin Harlan's call in Week 17. It is certainly a classic. Anyway, uh, going back through uh, what the Chiefs have been able to do across the course of the year, uh, if you compare their overall averages uh, from an offensive and defensive standpoint uh in terms of raw points the Chiefs were 11 points better than an average NFL team and if uh, the Chiefs had been healthy the entire year that number would probably creep up somewhere towards uh, the 15 point range now <clears throat> in terms of Overall results in in terms of teams being better than average, uh, Baltimore was the number one team, uh, and it was by a considerable margin because the Baltimore, and far be it for <clears throat> me to point this out, but that was one of the strongest offensive uh, squads put together in recent memory as only the 2012 uh, New England Patriots had a sh- higher points per average over the rest of the average NFL field uh, in that time sp- span. So, Chiefs weren't number one. They weren't that far off of Baltimore. Uh, so, again, this is uh, from an overall standpoint, you had a Chiefs team that was uh, considerably up there. Now, it's not a, It wouldn't be considered an all-time great team, but uh, they would actually rank out better in terms of an overall team than both New England was last year and the Rams last year uh, in that that absolute bust of a matchup uh, that we will not talk about at all because that was uh, incredibly painful to watch, as you know, yours truly did multiple times as uh, part of my research into things, but. When you go through the numbers, the Chiefs' offensive rank, they were fifth in points at 451 points. Net pass yards, uh, ranked second. Uh, yards per rush, uh, 20th in the league at 4.2. Third down conversion, 47.3%, uh, which was second in the league. Red zone TD percentage, 59%, uh, which was 13th. Uh, drive scoring percentage, second overall to Baltimore uh, at 49.4%. Drive turnover percentage, uh, they were fourth in the league at only uh, 8%. Defensively, uh, points allowed, they were seventh in the league at 308. I mean, really strong year for the Chiefs defense. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo did do a tremendous job this year turning that unit around. And they did it through their pass defense. Uh, Net yards per pass, they were ranked fifth at only 5.7 yards uh, per pass. Uh, Yards per rush. Uh, they were amongst the worst in the league at 4.9 yards allowed per rush. 
Third down conversion, they were 10th in the league at 36.6%. Red zone TD, 51.6%. Drive scoring, 346 which is 13th in the league. And drive turnover percentage, uh, they were 8th in the league at 13.6%. You know, the Chiefs' defense forced, uh, excelled at when the Chiefs' offense got them up. They excelled at shutting down the pass, uh, pass plays and funneling it and uh, causing some turnovers to getting sacks. You know, it's been shown time and again that one of the biggest things you do to try to build out your uh, roster in the NFL is get a decent enough pass rush, be able to defend the pass, because, again, while you may give up rush yards, as long as you can defend big pass plays and sack the quarterback, that is the most telltale signs of what you need to do to be successful in the modern NFL level. Now, again, most teams have still not caught on to this fact yet because there are still teams building out rosters just trying to stop the run, <coughs> the Giants. Um, but, uh, you know, it is key to note that given how much uh, zone run schemes are part of San Francisco's offense, the Chiefs' inability to stop the run I think is going to play a role here in terms of how many uh, how many run uh, how many plays they actually get to run overall uh, in this game because again if you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field while they are a quick strike offense and without a doubt they are able to do damage my concern is the fact that the Chiefs have to be able to find ways of being as efficient as humanly possible and they were amongst the most efficient offenses in the league so it it, it, it's not outside the realm of possibility but uh you know Mahomes is the uh, central figure uh for Kansas City that the team has not lost the game by more than one score with Mahomes so again you expect this game to be close no matter what and the overall playmakers that Mahomes has, he's he's got the weapons in, in terms of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, you get you, you got some speedsters with Watkins and Hardman and Robinson. Uh, they have the ability to make a uh, make plays. Now, Mahomes has rushed for over fifty yards in the two playoff games uh, thus far, uh, but. You know he's been on 55 yards on the dot actually in both uh both playoff wins, but uh, I still think that the Chiefs are going to need more from Damian Williams and uh, Lashawn McCoy in terms of a run game uh, uh, with the game because you know the way Sunday shapes up, I think uh, San Francisco is still going to be able to get pressure on Mahomes. Now will it be effective enough pressure because Mahomes is so good at getting rid of the football that he may still just do a ton of damage and still be under a ton of pressure. So, you know, it's something to bear in mind, but I, I do think that it, it is uh, something that you have to be on the lookout for is how how much, uh, and again, I'm not saying run the ball up the middle. I'm just saying if you get a quick pass play out to McCoy and uh, Damian Williams in space, that can function just as simply as a run play as well. They don't necessarily have to hand the ball off. I'm just saying that in order to defuse San Francisco's uh, pass rush, you may need some more quick hitters or just draw plays to actually throw them off uh, 
just a half a half a snap count just to make things a little bit more difficult for them to pick up on uh, the, uh, the heart of the matter because every little bit is going to help Patrick Mahomes with play action passes and going deep down the field because the Chiefs are going to have to hit a couple of big plays down the field to do some damage against San Francisco's defense. I, I can't see them grinding out methodical drives against San Fran's defense. I think that plays more into the Niners' hands if it becomes that type of game. All right, let's move this uh, over to the 49ers side of things. I mean, when it comes to the 49ers, they've been dominant the entire year, but at 15-3, and people still don't really know who this 49ers team is, uh, by and large, because I keep hearing analysis keep saying that the 49ers play an old-school smash-mouth type of football because they run the football. Yes and no. Yes, they run the football, but no, it's not old school. It's just a different way of applying analytics to a problem. The 49ers create space with a zone run blocking scheme, but they put their wide receivers in motion. So it's different from traditional running attacks in that they have receivers going in motion all the time, which is creating those mismatches on the outside. That's been the biggest uh, takeaway in terms of the setup. The 49ers aren't running a traditional style of offense where you can key in on just focusing on the run back or uh, focus on Jimmy Garoppolo uh, at doing a, a keeper. The 49ers have enough motion going on that you don't know if, the, uh, if a wide receiver is going to grab the ball in the jet sweep. You don't know if it's going to be and they're going to audible out because they see a, a matchup on the outside with the receivers going in motion because they know you're not tracking them. That's where the 49ers are applying analytics into certain situations because they create mismatches throughout the uh, uh, the course of the game, and it becomes very hard to pick up on what they're actually doing. For those of you who've been listening to the show throughout the playoffs, you know I'm leaning more towards the 49ers because of the fact that I don't see that many avenues. The way with this 49ers team is constructed and how healthy they are, I don't see a whole ton of avenues where they're going to get shut down from what they're going to do on offense. Uh, you know, prior to this year, the 49ers were 10 and 22 in their previous two years with Kyle Shanahan as coach. Now, part of the reason for that were injuries. But what also benefited the 49ers is the fact that because they had all those uh, losing years and, again, having high draft picks and not blowing it, unlike a certain other team from New York that shall go nameless right now, (coughs) Giants, um, the 49ers were able to build out their offensive and defensive lines with high-round draft picks because you've got Nick Bosa, but you also got McClinchy uh, on the offensive line as well. You've got multiple picks that were top five draft picks uh, over the uh, course of a couple of years with John Lynch as the GM that uh, the 49ers were able to cultivate uh, with guys being rated that highly at their positions. So you've got dominance at the offensive and defensive lines. That allows them to get uh, creative with uh, some of the protection schemes that they have for Garoppolo and also to get a little bit more exotic in terms of the coverages that they're going to run from a cover three perspective, because that uh, front four can get a pressure on a QB without having to blitz. That's why the 49ers can drop back into coverage and make life difficult for opposing QBs. 
and that they can't see what's going on. It's one of the reasons why, you know, first you saw with Kirk Cousins not being able to move the football that much uh, after the first quarter uh, against the Vikings. Uh, you know, Cousins was rendered pretty much inert. And then against Green Bay, once uh, Green Bay just keyed in on Devontae Adams in the first half, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked lost out there trying to generate offense uh, for a Green Bay team that was clearly overmatched by uh, the phys- uh, the physicality of the 49ers. They, they really had no answers for the regular season loss that they had, and it showed up uh, in the conference championship game. There, there really isn't much in terms of weaknesses you're going to be able to go after San Francisco on. Now, the uh, key here is that when you're looking at it from uh, the standpoint of uh, the guys who are healthy and you're going to be taking a look at on the San Francisco offensive line, it's Pro Bowl tackle Joe Staley and it's Pro Bowl, uh, and, uh, well, uh, St- yeah, Staley, uh, Staley has been a Pro Bowler. McGlinchey's going to be a Pro Bowler. You've got one of the, ble- uh, the best t- uh, blocking tight ends, if not the best blocking tight end in the game in George Kittle. It makes for a very difficult matchup because Kittle's going to be out there almost every play. You don't know when he's going to go out for a big pass play. They haven't needed to do much in terms of the passing game of Kittle because they've been so dominant running the football down everyone's throat. I can't see Kansas City coming up with a way of stopping San Francisco's run game unless it's an all-out sell uh, sellout to stop the run, at which point it's going to open up the passing game for Garoppolo and Emmanuel Sanders and, uh, and Debo Samuel. I think that would be more of a mistake for the Chiefs to do that early. They can try to use that uh, approach later on in the game, but I think trying to sell out early is only going to give opportunities now, unless Garoppolo comes out very shaky and nervous, I think it's going to open up big play opportunities down the field of 25 yards or more to both Samuel and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I, I really think that they're going to be able to take advantage. As much as the Chiefs are good in pass defense, I, I don't think uh, pe- uh, people are giving enough credit to what San Francisco can do matchup-wise in the passing game. And that's where it can get a bit uh, bit dangerous because if you look at the 49ers offense, uh, they were second in points at 479, but they were also net yards per pass third in the league. The 49ers can throw the football quite effectively and get uh, do some damage on you. That's the thing that, you know, they don't necessarily need a big pass play, but they can grab chunk yards uh, with the best of them. They can get those... Uh, 12 to 15 yard pass routes all day against the Chiefs if they're going to go uh, oversell to stop the run. That's what makes it difficult playing San Francisco because they're going to be able to keep the chains moving regardless of how KC plays them. I don't see a ton happening with the KC pass rush to make the 49ers change up their offensive game plan all that much in in this one. So now that I've gone through the matchups I expect to see, uh, let's just get into the props because, you know, as I said, this game has a number of different interesting ways of going about it. And I think it's key to remember that regardless of how you think the game's going to go, 
there are a number of variables that are going to play a role in in the final result. So, again, this could shoot out, but even if the game shoots out and it goes well over 54 points, you could get easily see a defensive touchdown in this game because these teams do have enough playmakers on both sides that defense and special teams can play a big role in terms of the overall outcome of the game. So, again... I see a number of pathways to victory. I just see more of them coming from the San Francisco side of things. And I know a lot of people feel the opposite way about the Chiefs. Regarding the game props, so let's start off with the over. You got 54 point total uh, for the Super Bowl. I see this game going the over. Just from the standpoint of the amount of playmakers on both sides of the football I think this overhits just because I do think San Francisco gets out in front and then Casey's in catch-up mode trying to make big plays uh, to uh, to get themselves back in it. I could see Casey putting up a number of points uh, uh, to get there. Now, one of the uh, ways I can also see this game going is uh, San Fran is in complete control throughout and you don't get the over, you know, again, this is your individual preferences. I'm not going to tell you to fade Patrick Mahomes at all under any circumstances because uh, Mahomes is still going to put up points uh, regardless. Now, in terms of Mahomes props, you've got uh, Mahomes pass attempts at 35 and a half. My suggestion would be to avoid this one or take the under uh patty ice has been at 35 attempts uh or more six out of his 16 games this year now unless the chiefs fall way behind which i don't think they will but like they would have to fall so far behind that running is no longer an option to get uh, to get in this range or the game turns into such a complete shootout which again i have a hard time seeing with the way san fran runs the ball I don't think they would even entertain the idea of getting this into a shootout type of game. I, I just can't see uh, Mahomes getting that many pass attempts in this one. Now, the completions uh, being uh, anywhere from, uh, if you can get a prop at 24.5, 25.5, 26.5 pass completions from Mahomes, I can actually see that happening because of how accurate Mahomes is. It's just that attempting more than 35 passes, I think that's that's going to be pushing it. Other props to look at, Sammy Watkins, receiving yards, 49 and a half. Uh, you know, the thing of it is, is that Sammy Watkins lines up on the right side of the field and in all likelihood is going to be in a matchup against Richard Sherman. To me, take the under and cut that check. I mean, cut that check. Because if you're telling me that Sammy Watkins is going to beat Richard Sherman... Honestly, I would take that. I would take that ten out of ten. Uh, you know, I just cannot see Sammy Watkins beating Richard Sherman clean because the only way he's beating him clean is if somehow Sherman loses a step. And Sherman's very good at gauging space and distance. I can't see Sammy Watkins beating Sherman in a one-on-one uh, battle uh, and getting the better of him. I-, I just don't see the deep ball happening. I think people are. Uh, just thinking about the fact that Sam Watkins caught a, a big pass play against the Titans and are just going off of that. But 
prior to that, Sammy Watkins was essentially the invisible man uh, the second half of the year for the Chiefs. Uh, I do not like Sammy Watkins at all for this game. Uh, to me, it, that the projections models that I'm looking at has Sammy Watkins anywhere from 41 to 42 yards receiving. Uh, 49 and a half, I mean, I think that's way, way too uh, optimistic of a viewpoint, and the models are supporting uh, my side of things. Now, other matchups that I uh, would like to pick on from the prop perspective, uh, moving on that, you got Emmanuel Sanders uh, being the underdog versus Watkins in receiving yards. Like I said, Watkins is only projected for 42 yards at most in some of the systems I'm looking at. Meanwhile, Sanders is projected for 51 yards receiving. Uh, I mean, if I'm getting uh, some uh, value with Sanders, I will absolutely take him heads up against uh, Watkins uh, from a receiving yard standpoint. Debo Samuel, another situation where he's minus six and a half receiving yards versus Watkins. If I like Sanders uh, uh versus a uh, uh, Watkins, then I got to take Samuel over Watkins. Samuel is projected for uh, 59 and a half yards. I mean, I, I've got a 17 yard uh, cushion from a projection model standpoint. So that is more than enough value to take the minus six and a half receiving yards on a Debo Samuel. Another prop that I would be interested in, uh, Garoppolo throws a pick minus 140. Even with a limited throwing sample size this year, uh, I mean, for the playoffs, I should say, Garoppolo has thrown an interception in 11 of his 18 games this year. Now, the 49ers haven't had to rely on Garoppolo to throw in this postseason just because they've been so dominant running the football, but they are going to have to pass at some point. And, you know, sure enough, there are going to be opportunities for Garoppolo to make a mistake. So I would take the chances on at minus 140 that Garoppolo... Uh, throws a pick now for some uh, props on the Chiefs I like Travis Kelsey I like him quite a bit uh, Travis Kelsey at 75 and a half receiving yards he's going to have multiple opportunities to get chunk yards against the 49ers defense running the cover three with a cover three defense you're not going to have a lot of uh, uh, be afforded a lot of availability for linebackers to uh to have additional support covering the tight end. As good as Quan Alexander is, Kelsey is going to be better in in passing downs. So I'm going to take uh, the odds that Kelsey is going to be able to find space uh, to maneuver and turn up field. So I like the yardage uh, uh, prop for receiving yards at 75.5. Now, do I think he's going to get uh, the 6.5 reception yard uh, prop uh, on the over? I'm probably going to say, uh, you know, based off of most sites, like they're, they're, they're leaning at minus 180 for six and a half receptions or more. Uh, I mean, I, I I think that's a little bit too rich. Uh, I I think Kelsey is going to be close to six or seven receptions, but I don't think it's a lock. And if you're if you're paying over uh, a buck 40, uh, minus 140, I should say, uh, for – a, a reception prop i i would want it closer to uh uh to uh to five and a half if i was paying minus 180 or mi- minus 200 i i just think that it's a little bit too rich i think he's close to six or seven uh but 
I, I don't necessarily see uh, six and a half being an absolute lock, even though I do think he's going to have at least one catch of over 25 to 30 yards. So I do think Kelsey's going to be doing damage uh, in this game uh, uh, tonight. Well, tomorrow night, I should say. But um, as far as it goes, uh, the sacks prop also is something I'd be looking to target. Uh, the Chiefs' offensive line has allowed 1.6 yards. Uh, I mean, 1.6 sacks per game. The 49ers had 2.2 sacks allowed per game. Uh, when you combine those up, obviously, you're getting a number that is under four sacks allowed per game by both sides. Uh, the sacks prop is at four and a half sacks uh, per game. I just don't see it. Uh, I don't see it happening. I see the under uh, taking place here, uh, but uh, you know, and then of course, as you get into the more ridiculous props, uh, you've got obviously heads or tails. Uh, you know, heads is heads has prevailed in the last three 49ers Super Bowls, which means absolutely nothing because literally it's a fifty-fifty coin flip. I mean, do what you want, folks, but they're. There, there is no value to be gained out of some of those props. Um, Demi Lovato singing the national anthem. Uh, the line for Vegas has uh, the national anthem somewhere around uh, 123 and a half seconds. Uh, so that works out to just over two minutes and uh, three or four seconds. Uh, based off of her recent performances of the national anthem for uh, uh, Mayweather McGregor, uh, she was around a minute and 59 seconds. I mean, with it being the Super Bowl, could she go longer to accentuate certain words? Entirely possible. Uh, it is national TV. Uh, so there's always possibility of nerves kicking in or over embellishment number of things that can go into the national anthem prop, but I would, you know, for the Super Bowl, I would usually stick with the over in terms of, uh, the length. Now, I mean, as far as halftime goes, I think, uh, Shakira singing whenever, wherever that's basically a lock. I mean, that is her song. Uh, does she twerk during uh, the performance? Yes. Does JLo twerk during the performance? I think that's also entirely possible that they're both twerking. So uh, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, do JLo and Shakira sing in Spanish during the halftime show? Entirely possible that they both sing because they both have songs in Spanish. It, it, and with the Super Bowl being in Miami, I could easily see that. Uh, being a part of the performance as well. <clears throat> what else do we have here? Uh, which uh, which uh, head coach gets shown first on national TV? Andy Reid should be the heavy favorite here. Uh, and he is at minus 200 being shown first before Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I think with Andy Reid being in the league as long as he has and being the sentimental favorite to win the Super Bowl, I think it's obvious that Andy Reid gets shown on TV first. Uh, color of the Gatorade bath for the winning coach. Honestly, this one is always, uh, a joke because it could be orange. It could be yellow. I mean, it just depends on which Gatorade 
uh, container they grabbed first. They got all sorts of flavors, so, uh, I mean, it doesn't really... There's no inside track or edge in any of these colors. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't really have a pick one way or another, but uh, this is some of the in- inane prop bets that go on uh, throughout uh, the Super Bowl uh, week, and uh, most of the sports books have all these covered in some way, shape, or form. But uh, those are some of the ones that I rallied, uh, uh, tallied off the top of my head. All right, so let's get into the nitty-gritty, the final DFS picks of the year. Now, on DraftKings and FanDuel, because it's a single game in showdown format, it's going to play out a little bit differently. DraftKings, you can select six uh, players, and there's also the uh, captain spot on DraftKings. Now, on DraftKings, because uh, the captain spot is worth uh, one and a half points, but also one and a half times salary, you have to consider the variables of how expensive your captain's going to be. Now, one of the things that I look at here is the fact that with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's salary being as low as it is on DraftKings, you know, this is a case where Garoppolo being only eight grand in terms of overall salary out of a 50,000 budget on DraftKings, to me, Garoppolo is the lock play at uh, captain on DraftKings. I I don't see any way of getting off of this build where you're playing someone other than Garoppolo in the captain. I mean, yes, you can play Mahomes, but with Mahomes already being uh, 12,600, it... It ties up your cap too much, and I'll tell you why. Because if at twelve six in the flex spot, Mahomes is going to cost you eighteen thousand nine hundred on DraftKings in the captain spot. That basically reduces you to playing Travis Kelsey and then a bunch of really cheap uh, Chiefs wide receivers, which I don't think is going to be necessarily an optimal play. I know a lot of people are going to be playing. Uh, are going to be playing uh, Mahomes anyway in the captain. And our goal is to beat uh, beat the odds and beat, uh, beat the rest of the pool. So my suggestion would be play Jimmy Garoppolo in the captain. It's going to it's set you back 12,000. And if the game plays out where the Chiefs oversell to stop the run, it's going to open up those avenues, as I talked about, of passing down the field. So you're going to get opportunities for George Kittle to do damage in the receiving game, as well as Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel. I think those are all viable options. So in my build, I've got Jimmy Garoppolo with George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders. And then on the flip side, I'm going to run that lineup back with Patrick Mahomes, of course, because he still has the highest point total output out of anyone in this game in terms of potential. So we got Mahomes. We run it with Travis Kelsey because, again, against cover three defense, uh, he should be able to do quite a bit of damage uh, uh, in the seam and across the middle of the field. And then as a cheap receiver, because, uh, you know, Kelsey will run you 9,600. Kittle's going to run you 8,400. Sanders is really cheap at 5,200. Uh, 
And of course, with Mahomes at 12-6, that leaves you with 2,200 left. And that perfectly slots in with me, Cole Hardman, the speedster for Kansas City, who has been rising up in their depth charts and is their number three wide receiver at this time because Demarcus Robinson has been uh, getting knocked down. Uh, Hardman outsnapped uh, Robinson uh, uh, two weeks ago against uh, Tennessee because Robinson has had a, a number of drops towards the second half of the year and it played a big role in the slow start against the tight uh, a slow start against the Texans in the in the first uh, uh, game of the playoffs for KC this year. So in my in my estimation that's the way to go. Playing Garoppolo and then using uh, the op- option of, of having some more studs surrounded uh, with the additional cap space, that's the way to go. And then you grab a cheap receiver. Now on FanDuel, because the captain uh, or MVP spot, if you will, doesn't cost you anything in salary, Mahomes is the play. Mahomes should be in your MVP spot. The problem is, with Mahomes in your MVP spot, there's not a whole lot of ways we can differentiate the lineup versus everyone else in the field. But to me, getting cute and trying to finagle something where you're going to outsmart everybody, I, I just think is a, a suboptimal way of playing this. I think you, you need to be playing Mahomes, and that's just the long and short of it. So... Uh, Mahomes should be the play here. I I'm still playing Kelsey. Uh, Mahomes is going to cost you sixteen thousand in Fanduel salary. Uh, you know, Fanduel salaries obviously are always going to be higher, even though it's uh, sixty thousand uh, in in a budget. Everyone's priced much higher, so it's uh, sixteen thousand for Mahomes. It's twelve five for Kelsey. Now, I would play Garoppolo. Here's why. I still think that at the end of the day, San Fran is going to be throwing the football more than people are expecting. I know people are going to jam in Mostert, and Mostert's going to run you 13500 When you're playing Mahomes and Mostert together with Kelsey, there's not a whole lot of options left that you can play. So one of the things that I would like folks to do would be playing some kickers you can do it on DraftKings as well uh but i think it makes more sense on FanDuel, where you're a little bit more uh, constrained in terms of the budget with the pricing uh robbie gould or harrison bucker gould will run you nine thousand. buckers at 9500 the the thing of it is is that they're more guaranteed uh points floor than any of these cheap receivers so the harmons the demarcus robinsons of the world the Kendrick Bournes of the world that you need a touchdown to make a truly value. Uh, You know, I would just take one of the kickers. So in this instance, you've got a lineup where you got Mahomes in the MVP spot uh, at one and a half points. You got Kelsey in the flex, Garoppolo in the flex, Robbie Gould. And then that leaves you room to fit in Debo Samuel. Again, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, San Francisco should be able to throw the ball down the field against KC because they're all outs trying to stop the run. Now, are they going to be incredibly successful throwing the football? No, 
But I do think that it's going to be better than what people are giving them credit for. And I think it would be a case uh, that, you know, the Chiefs are going to be willing to give up some of these passing plays to Garoppolo because long-term they think that them being able to grind out, grind out with the run is the number one deterrent they have to avoid to uh, in order to get the secure the victory here because if the Niners can control the clock and just grind it down, that means fewer pass attempts for Mahomes in that offense and cracks at, uh, cracks at getting uh, sixes on the board with touchdowns. You know, as long as San Fran's grinding the clock with the run, they can't do that. So they're going to try to oversell to stop the uh, run and force Garoppolo to uh, throw down the field to beat him. And hopefully uh, they're hoping that uh, it'll stop the clock enough to give him more possessions in the field. I'm not sure if it's going to work out, but I'm going to play with that game script and see if it uh, hits for me that uh, Garoppolo does enough damage throwing the football that it becomes one of those games where you need to have both quarterbacks to actually uh, succeed in the showdown lineup. I don't think a lot of people are going to be playing Garoppolo today. So I think that's where the edge is going to come in on both DraftKings and FanDuel. So, that's the way I see this lining up uh, in terms of a DFS perspective. Yes, you can go with the running game options uh, for the Chiefs and uh, 49ers, but uh, realistically, I do think that these teams are going to try to throw uh, to get uh, some bigger pass plays. And with that happening, I would rather take uh, the benefits of having, uh, of having uh, those pass catchers in there. And, you know, if it doesn't pan out, then uh, it'll be sounding a little bit like this uh, during the game. What are we doing? What are we doing? Because I will be sunk if uh, we don't have a lot of passing going on in this one. I just feel as though, uh, you know, San Fran will be able to mix it up enough that they're running the football, but they're throwing more than people are giving them credit for. And... That's how they uh, kind of get the victory by catching uh, KC a little bit off guard, even though KC is uh, game planning to force San Fran to uh, get the ball out of Garoppolo's hands as quickly as possible. So that's all I got for now. Uh, enjoy the games, everyone. Uh, I, For those of you who are Fios customers and have uh, an updated uh, set-top box, I want to give a quick mention that for... There will be a high-definition 4K broadcast of the big game on Fios Channel uh, 1489 here in New York City. It will vary by your various uh, uh, providers, but Fios is doing it. A couple other carriers are doing it. I know in Canada, it's been a, a regular thing for the big game to be broadcast in 4k, but this is the first year, uh, domestically it's happening in the U S. So, uh, you know, uh, direct TV believe also has it as well. So for those of you with, uh, who are Fios customers, uh, uh, like the, uh, uh, like I am, I'll be recording, uh, on my box. I know some of my friends who I'll be watching game at, they have a 4k setup. So, uh, Pretty cool to check out. So uh, 
It's, uh, again, uh, it's the 4K-based channel for Fios customers. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that and uh, watch it in 4K if you have a 4K TV. So that's all for now. Enjoy the game. And let's see if we get a good one because after last year, we are owed a decent game. That's all for now. Best of luck, folks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.